welcome to the Weekly News in Brief podcast. Today is the 14th of January and this week's main stories are The Prime Minister has pledged to introduce 24-hour vaccination centres as soon as possible. Addressing MPs on Wednesday, Boris Johnson said an extensive network of hospitals, GP surgeries, pharmacies and mass vaccination centres were already administering jabs exceptionally fast, but vowed that the vaccine programme would be going 24-7 as soon as it can. The programme's first target looks to vaccinate 15 million people in the four most vulnerable groups by the middle of February, with the long-term goal of offering the vaccine to every adult in the UK by the autumn. According to Health Secretary Matt Hancock, limited vaccine supplies remain the rate-limiting factor in the rollout. Although with 2.4 million people vaccinated so far, ministers have insisted the scheme is on course to meet its first target on the 15th of February. The rollout of the scheme comes as the NHS faces unprecedented COVID-19 hospital admissions. On Sunday, England's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Chris Whitty, warned that if the country's epidemic continued at its current rate, hospitals could be forced to turn away emergency patients, causing avoidable deaths. The next few weeks are going to be the worst weeks of this pandemic in terms of numbers into the NHS. This is an appalling situation, he told the BBC on Monday. Professor Whitty has appealed to the public to double down on avoiding any unnecessary contact with others. Citing figures showing as many as 1 in 30 people have the virus in some areas of England, there's a very high chance that if you meet someone unnecessarily they will have Covid, he said. Meanwhile, the chief executive of NHS providers has warned that peak demand on hospitals may not be reached until mid-February. Speaking to the Health and Social Care Committee on Tuesday, Chris Hopson said it was clear that the COVID-19 infection rate would not decline as quickly as it did during the first lockdown last spring, resulting in a more extended period of pressure on the NHS. Official figures show there were 32,070 virus patients in English hospitals on Monday, 3,055 of whom were in mechanical ventilation beds. According to Hobson, the NHS is now discussing introducing emergency contingency arrangements to maximise hospital capacity in areas facing the greatest pressures. Speaking to ITV's Good Morning Britain on Wednesday, the Health Secretary said the next few days would be critical in determining whether the national lockdown was working to reduce hospitalisations and transmissions of the virus. In London and South East England, seven-day averages for new hospital admissions fell slightly on Sunday after climbing steadily throughout December. However, analysts have warned more data is needed to establish whether this represents a turning point in the two regions. Latest figures from the government show a further 47,525 virus cases were recorded on Wednesday. An additional 1,564 people were also confirmed to have died within 28 days of a positive test, the UK's highest daily death toll since the pandemic began. The rising number of COVID-19 cases and hospitalisations has led some to call for the tightening of lockdown restrictions. In his first major speech of the year on Monday, Labour leader Sakir Starmer questioned why there were now fewer rules in place than last March. While the government has said it does not intend to introduce further measures in England, the Home Secretary and the police have pledged to step up enforcement of existing restrictions, with new guidance from the National Police Chiefs Council directing officers to issue fines more quickly when rules are breached. A lack of clarity surrounding some rules sparked debate this week after Boris Johnson was spotted on a bike ride in Stratford on Sunday, seven miles from Downing Street. Under government guidelines, people should remain local while exercising. According to Metropolitan Police Commissioner Cressida Dick, Johnson's cycle trip was not against the law, although she has admitted greater clarity over exercise rules would be a good thing. At the same time, however, Dick has pledged to move very swiftly to fining people who breach rules during the current health crisis. Her pledge comes amid concern public compliance with lockdown measures is declining.
On Tuesday, major supermarkets moved to ban shoppers who failed to wear a face mask in store, with Tesco, Asda, Waitrose and Morrisons all promising to step up enforcement of the rule. Those who are offered a face covering and decline to wear one won't be allowed to shop at Morrison's unless they are medically exempt, Morrison's chief David Potts has said. Meanwhile, in Scotland, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has announced plans to tighten lockdown rules from Saturday. The new restrictions, which are subject to approval by the Scottish Parliament, mean click-and-collect services will be limited to essential shopping, takeaways must be collected through a hatch or doorway outside food outlets, and maintenance work within homes is limited to essential upkeep. Sturgeon said drinking outdoors in public would also be banned in all Level 4 areas and statutory guidance would be issued regarding work-from-home rules. On Wednesday, official figures showed a further 1,949 people in Scotland had tested positive for COVID-19 in the previous 24 hours. Sturgeon has insisted there is no room for complacency. The US House of Representatives has voted to impeach President Trump on the charge of incitement of insurrection. The vote, which went ahead on Wednesday, means Trump is now the first US president to have been impeached twice. The efforts to remove Trump come after he was accused of encouraging his supporters to attack the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Five people died when a mob of Trump fans stormed Congress last Wednesday. While Trump has denied any responsibility for the violence, House Democrats said the president had gravely endangered the country's security and would pose a threat to American democracy and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office. While the impeachment vote was brought about by Democrats, who hold the majority in the House of Representatives, 10 Republicans joined in backing the bill. Those rebelling against the president included Wyoming's Liz Cheney, John Katko of New York and Adam Kinzinger, the Republican representative for Illinois. The final vote passed by 232 votes to 197. The case will now head to the Republican-held Senate, where a trial will be held to determine whether the president should be convicted and removed from office. With less than a week until Inauguration Day, it is unlikely that the Senate will be able to hold any vote on removing Trump before President-elect Joe Biden is sworn into office. However, a conviction in the Senate, even after Trump has left the White House, could prevent him from running for president again. The push by House Democrats to impeach Trump comes after a leaked FBI bulletin revealed officials were aware of plans for armed protests and attack on state and federal buildings across the US during the run-up to Inauguration Day. On Wednesday, it was revealed that the US Secret Service had begun implementing special security arrangements for the inauguration almost a week earlier than originally planned. FBI warnings are in place for all state capitals from the 16th to the 20th of January and the National Guard said it planned to deploy at least 10,000 troops to Washington DC by Saturday. In UK news, new figures from the British retail consortium, the BRC, show UK retail faced its worst annual sales performance on record in 2020. Data from the BRC has revealed total sales fell by 0.3% last year compared with 2019, the worst performance since records began in 1995. While food sales growth jumped 5.4% as consumers stocked up during the pandemic, sales of all other products fell by 5%. Physical non-essential retailers fared particularly badly as a result of multiple lockdowns in 2020, reporting a 24% collapse in sales. BRC Chief Helen Dickinson has urged ministers to provide fresh financial support for retailers. With shops still closed for the foreseeable future, costing stores billions in lost sales, many retailers are struggling to survive, she warned. Manchester United striker Marcus Rashford has condemned free school meal parcels received by disadvantaged children as unacceptable. 
His criticism came after one mother tweeted an image of a meagre-looking hamper that had replaced a £30 meals voucher. Its contents were costed to around £5.22 if purchased from Asda. It's just not good enough, Rashford replied. Later adding, then imagine we expect the children to engage in learning from home. The footballer, who works with food charity Fairshare, helped force a government U-turn on free meal provision during school holidays last year. Chartwells, the firm that provides the parcels, has apologised and pledged to refund the costs of any below-standard packages. The government has said it will roll out rapid COVID-19 testing for people without symptoms across England this week. The testing covers all 317 local authorities and will use rapid lateral flow tests to return results in as little as 30 minutes. The Department of Health and Social Care said the programme had already identified more than 14,800 cases through regular testing. It has described the rollout of asymptomatic testing as crucial given that one in three people who catch the virus show no symptoms. Meanwhile, travellers arriving in England from abroad will be required to show a negative COVID-19 test result from Monday. Travellers will need to be tested up to 72 hours before their departure and must show a negative test result before they are allowed to enter the country. Those who fail to comply will be handed an immediate £500 fine. The new rules, which include UK nationals returning to England, cover passengers travelling by boat, plane and train. A study of mental health problems among NHS staff fighting the coronavirus pandemic indicates they are suffering more than combat troops, King's College London professor Neil Greenberg has warned. Published in the Occupational Medicine Journal this week, the research surveyed responses from 709 doctors, nurses and other clinical roles at hospitals in England between June and July last year. It found 48% of intensive care staff reported suffering symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, severe depression or anxiety. Around 40% of staff were found to have probable symptoms of PTSD. By comparison, PTSD prevalence is estimated to be around 17% among recent UK military veterans. The Education Secretary has said pupils may still be given externally set papers despite the official cancellation of GCSE and A-level exams. In a letter to exams regulator Ofqual on Wednesday, Gavin Williamson said pupils' grades should be awarded based on teachers' assessments. However, the Education Secretary said he also wanted to examine the possibility of providing externally set tasks or papers to support teachers' assessments. Meanwhile, high pupil turnout has left many schools struggling to cope during lockdown, according to a survey by the National Association of Head Teachers, the NAHT. The poll found almost half of head teachers had been forced to prioritise places for pupils due to an excess of demand for in-school teaching. While the government has urged families to remain at home wherever possible, schools remain open to vulnerable children and those of key workers. However, a large range of people qualify as key workers, including some in food production and finance, leaving more than a third of school leaders reporting attendance levels of 31% or more. The NAHT said it was critical that pupils only came into school when absolutely necessary to stem the spread of the virus. The Prince of Wales has launched a new Magna Carta-style charter aimed at encouraging businesses to join the battle against the climate crisis. Unveiling the so-called Terra Carta, or Earth Charter, at an environmental summit on Monday, Prince Charles said a failure to tackle the crisis would leave our children and grandchildren looking back on a series of broken promises. He has urged private sector firms to sign up to the Terra Carta, which outlines almost 100 new guiding principles looking to put nature, people and planet at the heart of global value creation by 2030. The Charter aims to raise £7 billion worth of investment for the natural environment by 2022. 
So Keir Starmer has abandoned his pledge to reintroduce free movement with the EU if his party wins at the next general election. Free movement concluded on the 1st of January, following the end of the Brexit transition period. During Labour's leadership elections, Starmer vowed to defend the policy and worked to reintroduce it if elected Prime Minister. However, in an interview on the BBC's Andrew Marshall on Sunday, the Labour leader said he did not believe there was a case for Britain rejoining the EU and described the prospect of reintroducing free movement as unrealistic. If Labour wins the next election, the British people will expect us to make the withdrawal agreement work, he said. The Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, has warned consumers they should be prepared to lose all their money if they invest in crypto assets such as Bitcoin. In a statement on Monday, the watchdog urged consumers to gain an understanding of the asset and the financial risks involved before investing. Investing in crypto assets or investments and lending linked to them generally involves taking very high risks with investors' money, it said. The FCA has also warned that crypto investment firms may be overpromising potential payouts and were unlikely to come under UK schemes that protect investors' cash in the event companies go bust. The warning comes after Bitcoin surged above $40,000 for the first time last week, its value having doubled in less than a month. Royal Mail has warned almost 30 areas in England and Northern Ireland will see delivery delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On Tuesday, the Postal Service published a list of areas including Chelmsford in Essex, Leeds in West Yorkshire, Margate in Kent and Wandsworth in London, where staff sickness and self-isolation is resulting in reduced service. Ilford MP Wes Streeting, whose constituency is among the affected areas, expressed concern that invitations to COVID-19 vaccination centres could be disrupted by the delays. Responding, Vaccine Minister Nadim Zahawi assured Streeting that the government would be working with Royal Mail to ensure the invitations were prioritised. TikTok has announced new restrictions aimed at tackling grooming on the platform. The video sharing app, which has a minimum user age of 13, said default settings would be made private across the platform for users under 18. Under 16s will no longer be able to receive comments from strangers, but can approve friends for comments. Their videos will not be made available for other users to download. Users aged 16 and 17 will only be able to make duets with friends but will be able to turn off restrictions preventing others from downloading their videos. Children's charity NSPCC has welcomed the measures and urged other platforms to be similarly proactive. Elsewhere in the world, Indonesian authorities have recovered a black box belonging to the Sriwijaya air flight which crashed into the sea on Saturday. The Boeing 737-500 plane had been heading to Borneo with 62 passengers and crew on board. Four minutes after taking off from Jakarta airport, the aircraft disappeared from radar screens. It did not send a distress signal. On Tuesday, Navy divers recovered the flight's data recorder. Other parts of the wreckage have already been recovered off the coast of Jakarta and returned to the city's port. Officials said human remains and clothing had also been retrieved. The black box device is expected to help investigators determine the cause of the disaster, which is the first major air crash in Indonesia since 189 people were killed when a Lion Air Boeing 737 MAX plunged into the Java Sea shortly after taking off from Jakarta in 2018. With 2,600 personnel, 53 ships and aerial surveillance enlisted in the search operation, officials say the plane's second black box, the cockpit voice recorder, is likely to be recovered soon. The US has executed a woman on federal death row for the first time in nearly seven decades. 
Lisa Montgomery was convicted of murdering Bobby Jo Stinnett, who was eight months pregnant in 2004. The 52-year-old was executed by lethal injection in Indiana on Wednesday. Her death came after the Supreme Court dismissed a stay of execution granted by an Indiana appeal court on Tuesday. Montgomery's lawyers had repeatedly fought her death sentence, arguing that she had long-standing and debilitating mental illness as a result of being abused as a child and therefore could not comprehend that she would be put to death. She is the 11th federal prisoner to have been executed since July, when President Trump restarted executions following a 17-year hiatus. The head of the Tokyo 2020 Organising Committee has described postponing the Olympic Games for a second time as absolutely impossible. Yashira Mori has insisted preparations for the Games, which are due to begin July, will continue. His comments come as speculation grows over the future of the event, amid a rapid rise in COVID-19 cases in Tokyo. Japan has extended its state of emergency in response to the crisis, with the measures now covering more than half of the country's population. According to several opinion polls, the Japanese public has largely turned against plans to host the Games this year. A survey by broadcaster NHK found 77% of respondents believe they should be cancelled or postponed. Aid agencies have condemned the US government's decision to designate Yemen's Houthi rebels as a foreign terrorist organisation. Relief bodies operating in the war-torn country say President Trump's 11th hour decision will worsen its ongoing humanitarian crisis. Yemen's faltering economy will be dealt a further devastating blow, the Norwegian Refugee Council warned. Getting food and medicine into Yemen, a country 80% dependent on imports, will become even more difficult. Around 70% of Yemenis live in areas controlled by the Houthis, who stormed the capital Sana'a in 2014 and now receive support from Iran. The US decision to designate the rebels as terrorists comes as part of its maximum pressure campaign on Iran and its allies. A judicial commission established to investigate the abuse of unmarried mothers and their babies in religious institutions in Ireland has published its findings. The five-year investigation was triggered by the discovery of a mass grave in the grounds of a former institution in Tuam, County Galway, in 2014. In a 3,000-page report published on Tuesday, the Mother and Baby Homes Commission detailed the abuses faced by those housed at the institutions. It estimates 9,000 children died at just 18 of these homes between 1922 and 1998. Infant mortality is believed to have been double the national rate as a result of neglect, disease and deprivation. Irish leader Michael Martin issued a formal state apology to those affected by the abuse on Wednesday. In lighter news... Stay-at-home orders saw the British public spend a record £9 billion on home entertainment last year, according to new figures from the Entertainment Retailers Association, the ERA, while overall spending on entertainment, including digital video, music and gaming, surged 17% year-on-year in 2020. Spending on video streaming services such as Netflix, Prime and Disney Plus jumped 38%, making it the fastest-growing sector in the UK entertainment market. If there was ever a year in which we needed entertainment, it was 2020, ERA Chief Kim Bailey said. HBO Max has revealed Sex and the City will be returning to screens in 2021. In a statement on Sunday, the US streaming service confirmed long-standing rumours that it was commissioning a reboot of the hit 90s and noughties show. Three of the four stars of the original series, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis, took to social media to reveal the spin-off's title and Just Like That, as well as sharing a trailer for the show. 
its four-star Kim Cattrall will not be returning for the rebooted series. The COVID-19 pandemic has seen the UK throw off its poor reputation for learning foreign languages, Duolingo has said. According to the language learning app, lockdowns around the world saw its international usage rise 67% last year compared with 2019. However, in the UK, usage surged by 132%, almost double the global average. The UK now sees real value in learning a language for fun, not just because they have to, said Duolingo's Colin Watkins. We want a positive use of our time and to do something productive on our phones. Covid gave people the stimulus to do this. And finally, the Duchess of York has signed a book deal with romantic fiction publisher Mills and Boone. Sarah Ferguson said her debut novel was titled Her Heart for a Compass and would give a fictional account of the love story of her great-great-aunt, Lady Margaret Montague Douglas Scott. According to the Duchess, the work drew on many parallels from her life for Lady Margaret's journey. Mills and Boone said the immersive historical saga would be published in August. (laughs) 